Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington. Carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and the cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. She has always been your baby, but when your daughter got into drugs and alcohol, she turned into a stranger. What do you do? Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized youth treatment program guides young people back to a life free of drugs and alcohol. All treatment is gender specific and directed by caring certified professionals in a safe environment. You can get your daughter back and get to know her again. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Your daughter's wasted. Again. You ignore it. You get help. Before long, she's been arrested. Before long, she's been promoted. You post bail. You congratulate her. And then her addiction really takes and off. And then her career really takes off. She stops in from time to time for she money. She stops in from time to time for coffee. But then it's right back to the street. But then it's right back to the office. Years later... The police stop by. Years later, your daughter and son-in-law stop by. They've got bad news. They've got good news. She's gone. She's expecting. You cry. Choose to help a loved one struggling with drugs or alcohol. It could change everything. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Here is something to think about. Problem gambling is exactly that, a problem. Looking for a solution? Well, there is a way out. And there is help for you or someone you love who's caught in the web of problem gambling. Help is as close as your phone. Call the Washington State Problem Gambling Helpline, 1-800-522-4700. For confidential help and free information, call a real winning number, 1-800-522-4700. They have the solution for problem gambling. Recovery Coast to Coast is a program feature of the nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. On the air, thanks to the generosity of our friends and listeners. Now, if you're enjoying Recovery Coast to Coast and would like to help us to continue to carry the message of hope and the promise of recovery, you can make a tax-deductible contribution to the Alliance for Recovery at P.O. Box 31451, Seattle, Washington, 98103. Thank you in advance for your support. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. Our recovery music showcase continues from the Far West Music Conference down here in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, A lot of different types of addictions, as uh, we talk about every night on Recovery Coast to Coast, Uh, certainly alcoholism, drug addiction, uh, 
food addiction, gambling addiction, and, of course, sexual addiction as well. Uh, joining us in this particular segment is singer-songwriter Kerry Patrick Clark. Uh, you can hear his music, by the way, at his website, www.kerrypatrickclark.com. We're going to hear some music from Kerry a little bit later on in the interview, but I want to talk to Kerry about his background and about his recovery in terms of addiction to pornography. Mm -hmm. And it's something that a lot of people don't talk a lot about. But Yeah, there's a lot of shame around. Uh, yeah, but you're willing to talk about that. Well, absolutely, because that's um, <laughs> what kind of Far West is all about. Yeah. Uh, if we don't create community, which is the hardest thing for me to do, by the way, mm -hmm. the biggest challenge for me, if we don't talk about how are other people going to know that there's hope. Right, right. And so that's the reason I'm here is, uh, you know, is not to play a song, but to talk about my process. And if it helps somebody, yay. Yay. What happened to you? Well, I don't know what happened to me, except I just remember as a young boy running to uh, the mailbox to see if the JCPenney catalog was there and flipping to the intimate section, the women's intimate section, and really having a great time up in my room, mm. which, you know, uh, uh, my dysfunction is as little as it's talked about, that's about as far as it went. Uh, of course, the Internet makes it way oh, easier. Oh, boy, does it ever. You know, so you can sit down there and turn the, turn the cookies off and have a gold mine. Uh, on your computer and never know about a lot it. more than the JCP catalog. Absolutely, yeah, and yeah. it can also lead to some really twisted stuff. Yeah. That is not part of my story. It's a pretty. Uh, I'm attracted to good-looking mm -hmm. younger mm -hmm. girls, as mo that's the society we live in. So you go down any billboard, young is celebrated and skin is celebrated. So it's not that I get tweaked every day, but I have that voice inside my head that reminds me constantly by the things that I see, the advertisements that are on television, that, you know, I get to make a choice in how I choose the re to, to live the rest of my life. Kerry Patrick Clark joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, uh, basically a lifelong addiction to pornography. As, right? as long as I remember, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When did you realize that it was a problem for you? Uh, when I got married. <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, yeah, you're a guy yeah, and yeah, we know yeah, that yeah, if you want to yeah. work on yourself, Absolutely. you get married. Yeah. And so I was really honest with my wife and I said, here's the deal, you know. I don't know if it's a problem, but yeah, it is a problem, honey, so let's get help. And I went to talk therapy and it was, you know, five years of talking about it and da-da-da. And yeah, it's fixed. And I lied through my teeth to my wife, which just killed me because we had agreed not to do that. And she discovered some... Uh, some on my computer, and it led us to another round of talk therapy or trying to figure it out. And God bless my wife. She's an amazing woman mm. and stood by my side and wanted help. But the third time it happened, it was like, I'm freaking done with you, buddy. Mm. I've given you two chances. And it literally looked like I lost my life. So uh, what you have to know about me is I'm a believer. I I, I use that term very consciously because Christian comes with so much baggage. So on top of the crap that's in my life, I got the guilt and shame of the Catholic upbringing that I lived that, that you just make a choice and it's supposed to change. Mm -hmm. And what I found is, and I think what a lot of people found, which is why I'm here to talk about it, uh, is the head will never, ever lead the heart. So there was a hole in my heart that was seeking intimacy, and I had no clue what it looked like because intimacy looked so dysfunctional and still does in our society. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, my best friend, who was a former pastor, that's another interesting story, came over and prayed for me, and I felt freedom for the first time in my life. Mm. So what happened, and the way I describe it is that my heart was set free. When my heart is set free, now my heart can lead my head. My head doesn't have to lead my heart. So the desire, while still there, occasionally uh, it doesn't tweak me or capture my heart in life like it used to. When did all this happen for you? Uh, about three years ago. Mm. My wife and I just celebrated our 15th anniversary. And I didn't know that it was, you know, sh we honestly, we thought we were done. I thought we were done. And at the, at the time I looked out at, the, at my life's horizon, it looked like my life was over. I had a little child. Um, you know, I'm a musician, and everybody knows that joke. You know, musician without a house or without a wife or a girlfriend is homeless. And so, you know, but at the same time I'm looking at the horizon of my life going, it's done, I had this peace that I had never experienced mm. in my life. And so... And I don't want to be wacky Christian about it, but I think that's what God wants for his, mm -hmm. his children and the reason that he sent Jesus into the world. We package it and we put it in box and we say these are the rules that you have to follow. Well, guess what that is? That's another set of head things, and the head will never lead the heart. The heart will always lead the head. That's a great line. The head will oh, never lead the oh, heart. I borrowed yeah. it from my friend. Yeah. The former pastor. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Well, that was three years ago. What is it like for you today? I mean, uh, as we mentioned earlier, t you look around, you look at the Internet, you look at the way things mm -hmm. are changing, and it's, it's the young, it's the skin. There has to be some temptation there. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes I log on. But it doesn't capture my heart like it used to. Mm. Where it used to be, I'd spend literally hours a day just trying to find something. I didn't even know how to explain it. Trying to find something that would satisfy, uh, and see, I can't even explain it now, but I think your listeners that are hearing this, that need to hear this, totally understand what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's why I'm here. If there's somebody out there, out there listening to your story that, that uh, perhaps is where you were, right? what do you tell them? Uh, I would tell them the same thing. Um, I understand why it worked for me, because I have a belief in a higher power. There are, there are principles that work. I believe that there is an enemy at work. Mm -hmm. I do not use the term devil. Mm -hmm. I don't like that term mm -hmm. because of the baggage that comes along. But I do believe there's an enemy at work. And you just have to ask yourself... When you hear those voices in your head, that's not from a place of love. That's from a place of fear or a place of, see, that feels good, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, let's do it again. Those are the voices I'm hearing in my head mm. going deeper and deeper into this whole porn mm. thing. And I don't have that anymore. When the temptation strikes, I can recognize it. I say a prayer or often make a choice because it doesn't capture my heart the way it used to. Mm. So I do indeed have freedom. And it's a little strange that, uh, unlike an alcoholic who can never have another drink, we're surrounded by this. You bet. And so, you know, you've got to figure out what the healing is. And for me, this was the healing. God was the healing. Good stuff. Yeah. 
Kerry Patrick Carnes, uh, I say Carnes <laughs> because Patrick Carnes is really the, uh, the leader in terms of sexual addiction mm -hmm. and has done an awful lot with that. Uh, Kerry Patrick Clark, and his website is kerrypatrickclark.com. And I'd like you to close this out. You were telling me about a song. Oh, this is a great song. Called, See, you know, in one of those moments of frustration that I had, having this internal argument, my heart and my head, if you will, the love, the voice of love and the voice of fear, um, I just thought, man, what the heck would it be like if I could just invite this enemy dude right into my house and have a conversation <laughs> with him? And that's what this song is about. It's called Brighton Boulevard. All right, let's listen. Thanks so much for joining us on You're Recovery welcome. Coast to Coast. Here is the song Brighton Boulevard.
some regrets of things you wish you could forget. And of course, that's why you're here. I said, a young girl, you said, crazy kid. I said, a wonder, you said, you'll never live. And you wrapped your walls with worry around my eyes. I said, let go, you said, I'll keep you safe. Right at my kids and lie to them. I make excuses to my family. I make excuses to the people at work. I hide the truth from everyone. Cover up at family holidays. You know, act as if everything's okay. Pretend I'm happy. Every day, I deceive everyone close to me. This man isn't addicted to drugs or alcohol. He's just addicted to covering up for someone who is. He thinks it helps, but it doesn't. Find out what does. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Are you afraid... Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? There is help and hope at Sundown M Ranch. At Sundown, the focus is on you and your disease. You will learn how to live without depending on drugs and alcohol. Sundown M Ranch is nationally recognized for effective and affordable alcohol and drug treatment programs. Reclaim your life. Replace your fears with hope. Go to www.sundown.org right now to learn more. Reason number 22 to switch to GEICO. We think renters are cool. Now, we don't know if you were born cool or if it's just all the cool stuff you have in your apartment. The point is, if you want to protect your considerable coolness, ask GEICO about renter's insurance. For as little as $12 a month, you can protect all the stuff you hold near and dear, including that combination flat-screen TV espresso machine. Now that is cool. For a fast, easy rate quote on renter's insurance, visit Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. Our next exercise, killing spider in bathroom. As you hear your wife scream, begin with a light jog, then run to bathroom. Four, three, two, one. Find spider on wall and squat and squash. Squat and squash. Spider lunges at you. Now scream like a schoolgirl. Good. And sprint. Now run. Life is exercise. Snickers Marathon is energy. Great tasting, nutritious, long lasting energy for the demands of your day. Grab a Snickers Marathon in the energy bar aisle. Aha! <laughs> Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Today is the day. Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Yeah, I've been drunk in the last 30 days. And how old are you? 13. Do your parents know? No. In Washington, one in six eighth graders used alcohol in the past month. I'm Governor Gregoire. 
We can keep kids alcohol free if we start talking now. About how many times have you had five or more drinks in a row this month? Maybe three. And how old are you? Fifteen. For more information, visit StartTalkingNow.org. That's StartTalkingNow.org. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, on the road down here in Eugene, Oregon, the Recovery Music Showcase from the Far West Music Conference. Uh, it is a delight to, de to be down here tonight uh, and meeting with a lot of musicians. Uh, it's where musicians gather to meet with people who are doing bookings, and it's, it's a great marriage, and it's a great way to carry the message through the music, and, and boy, this entire hotel is so filled with music. Uh, it is my first time at the Far West Music Conference, and I'm like a kid in a candy store, i got to tell you. Joining us in this segment, uh, and, and Nathan Aswell, and Nathan, uh, where are you from? I'm based in Vancouver, B.C. Up in, in Vancouver? There. Yes, sir. Up in C-A-N-A-D-A? -A -A? That's right, eh? Yeah. How long have you been playing music? Uh, most of my life, since I was about 14, is when I yeah. became a professional musician. And, and you're a singer, songwriter? I am. Tell me about the songwriting process. Where does the muse come for your songs? Hmm. Where does the muse come from my songs? Um, well, gee, that's a hard question to answer, isn't it? I, I think it depends on the song. I, I always, uh, for me, it always starts with kind of a central theme that I'm trying to uh, express, and then I find once I have that kind of main idea, whether it's a, a line for the chorus or something, then it'll flow out of that. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, lyrics first and music next or whatever. It's kind of, you know, unfolds together. As, as, just as it comes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, do you travel around the West Coast? I do travel around the West Coast. Most of my audience so far uh, is actually in the uh, spiritual community. I play a lot in churches, etc., and my reason for being at Far West is to get more into the uh, into the house concert universe and uh, basically to uh, not preach to the choir as it were mm -hmm. people uh, most of I, I my music is not denominational but it's very inspirational and people on Sunday mornings just kind of get what I'm trying to do so I'm interested in I, I went to your website and was uh -huh. very impressed uh, w with the music and okay. with the way it was laid out and and the direction that you're 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 taking people Thank it's www.nathan as well, A-S-W-E-L-L dot com. Uh, and there's a song that, that you did called I Can See You. Yes, sir. It's, it's on uh, your latest CD, which is called Little by Little, mm -hmm. which has a, a beautiful fall photo on the front. Mm -hmm. It's uh, very, very well packaged. Thank you. Tell me about writing that particular song, mm -hmm. and, and where did you go to get there? Right. Um, when I was, uh, well... My parents, to this day, I really don't understand what the attraction was between my parents. Very, very different people. and um, Opposites attract? Opposites attract, I assume. And, you know, call it, call it the, uh, the, the norms of the 50s or whatever and the guilt that people felt about staying together in a relationship yeah. even if things didn't work. Um, in any case... Or we stayed together for the kids. I assume. Uh, but I never. The long and the short of it is, I never really saw them on any uh, on on the same wa wavelength ever. There was no affection. There was no kind of you know. There just didn't seem to be any connection. How did that affect you as a kid? Well, you know, we played them off against each other, all that kind of stuff, power struggles, etc. And even though there was this kind of awareness that they were never on the same page, when the day came when we got the announcement that they were divorcing. I'll never forget that day as long as I live, and that's what the song is about. The song is about that moment where I was told that they were splitting up, and it literally felt like the floor had been taken out from underneath me. You didn't see it coming? I, strangely, no. In, in spite of the fact that there was no indication that, you know, they didn't look like they'd be together forever, the, the other awareness kind of never really landed for me. And so there was that awful moment of, wow, what's going to happen to us now? And 
feeling myself not being able to breathe, you know, just that, that kind of moment of suspended animation. Mm. So the song is all about that moment and, and me wanting to speak to that 12-year-old Nathan and say, hey, I realize that this is an incredibly painful moment. And I, as an adult, I'm going back as a champion to that 12-year-old and saying, you're going to make it just fine. There are a lot of people who suffer from alcoholism. There are a lot of people who are uh, adult children of alcoholics yeah. who look back at the, the childhood yeah. uh, and the trauma of the childhood yeah. and, and would love to be able to stand back and, and talk to that adult child. Yeah. What did you say to young Nathan? Well, actually, I say it in the bridge of the song. I basically say, uh, you can laugh and sweat and shake. You can cry until you ache. You can kick and scream and shout. You can, you know, it's basically encouraging him to have his feelings. So uh, alcohol was not my addiction, which is not to say that I haven't had my struggles with various addictive behavior, mm -hmm. but alcohol was not the, the path for me. Um, and I would imagine that continues to be something that we all struggle with. They're all, you know, kind of things that we can fall into to try to, you know, mend that wound yeah and i think ultimately although i think ultimately we find all those things unsatisfactory we have to kind of find a real solution and, and the real solution that i have found is various um, techniques approaches which really enable me to express my feelings release the past mm -hmm. and i've done an awful lot of that work so that song is really about that it's a testament to yeah just really let that stuff show and release it the song i can see you mm -hmm. what did you learn from writing it um, I think any songwriter will tell you that any song that they write is really the best form of therapy. And if it lands for anyone else, that's, that's a gift. But I think, and I don't, I, I don't mean to set that up in a selfish way, but I really do think first and foremost it's a way for each of us to kind of try and wrestle with something, yeah. really kind of cure something or fix something. or yeah. get I, in, in a sense, recovery is a very selfish process, however, mm -hmm. in terms of embracing all that you are. Yeah. And all that you can, and yet, and, and yet, the magic of it is that uh, songwriting, and certainly not only songwriting, but probably all forms of art, when we are really honest and true to that, it ends up also being a universal uh, expression because we're all dealing with mm. recovery of. What, what, what kind of reaction do you get from uh, audiences when you do this kind of material? Uh, well, it's funny you should say that. I mean, the, the best gift that I can possibly get is people coming up to me after I perform and wanting to tell me their stories. Yeah. It means I've, I've hit them right square yeah, in the heart in. and I remember doing a house concert in Arizona and uh, there was a fellow there who hadn't who, who needs to do his healing and, and it hasn't happened yet but I think that night he took a few baby steps closer and he spoke to me for about three hours mm -hmm. after I played that mm -hmm. song he creating really, sparks you are Yes. Nathan Aswell, and again, I want to give you the website, uh, www.nathanaswell.com. And I want, I want to make sure that people knew that Nathan is spelt a little strangely. It's N-A-T-H-E-N, not A-N. Ah, good point. N-A-T-H-E-N-A-S-W-E-L-L. Yeah. -E -E and uh, you will find out uh, more about his music. You will hear about his music. But right now, I would like you to hear I Can See You, and I thank you so much for sharing uh, a little bit about the song, about your process, and about your journey as well. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. Here's Nathan. I can see you, can't see you. 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 You made your debut, all shiny and new. Your heart and hands open wide. Drank it all in your happiness 
Shake, you can cry until you ache, you can kick and scream and fight, you can keep me up all night. I will listen while you do and remember what is true that you're not the one to blame. And it's time to win the game because I can see you. friends. I mean, I look right at my kids and lie to them. I make excuses to my family. I make excuses to the people at work. I hide the truth from everyone. Cover up at family holidays, you know, act as if everything's okay, pretend I'm happy. Every day, I deceive everyone close to me. This man isn't addicted to drugs or alcohol. He's just addicted to covering up for someone who is. He thinks it helps, but it doesn't. Find out what does. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? There is help and hope at Sundown M Ranch. At Sundown, the focus is on you and your disease. You will learn how to live without depending on drugs and alcohol. Sundown M Ranch is nationally recognized for effective and affordable alcohol and drug treatment programs. Reclaim your life. Replace your fears with hope. Go to www.sundown.org right now to learn more. Reason number 22 to switch to GEICO. We think renters are cool. Now, we don't know if you were born cool or if it's just all the cool stuff you have in your apartment. 
The point is, if you want to protect your considerable coolness, ask GEICO about renter's insurance. For as little as $12 a month, you can protect all the stuff you hold near and dear, including that combination flat-screen TV espresso machine. Now that is cool. For a fast, easy rate quote on renter's insurance, visit GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. Our next exercise, killing spider in bathroom. As you hear your wife scream, begin with a light jog, then run to bathroom. Four, three, two, one. Find spider on wall and squat and squash. Squat and squash. Spider lunges at you. Now scream like a schoolgirl. Good. And sprint. Now run. Life is exercise. Snickers Marathon is energy. Great tasting, nutritious, long lasting energy for the demands of your day. Grab a Snickers Marathon in the energy bar aisle. Aha! <laughs> Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Today is the day. Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Yeah, I've been drunk in the last 30 days. And how old are you? 13. Do your parents know? No. In Washington, one in six eighth graders used alcohol in the past month. I'm Governor Gregoire. We can keep kids alcohol-free if we start talking now. About how many times have you had five or more drinks in a row this month? Maybe three. And how old are you? Fifteen. For more information, visit StartTalkingNow.org. That's StartTalkingNow.org. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. Great to have you with us tonight. Uh, we are down here in Eugene, Oregon, a recovery music showcase from the Far West Music Conference. Music speaks louder than words. Joining us in this segment is Greg Newland. Greg is from Campbell, California. He's a guy in long-term recovery. He's got 22 years clean and sober, and I welcome you to the program. Greg, tell me a little bit about your background and how music relates to it. Well, my background is I came from, I started playing guitar when I was 13 years old. I saw a friend of mine had an electric guitar, and I went, oh, that's cool. I want one of those, you know. So had a little acoustic, a little nylon string acoustic that back then a lot of people used to start you out on and that lasted about six months, and then I bought myself a really cool Gibson, so, <laughs> or, or figured out how to get it. I didn't have any money. Somebody, my parents must have bought it, you know, ah. <laughs> and started, as soon as you could play four chords, you were playing in bands, so that was pretty much it, you know. Obviously, you were drinking and using somewhere along the way. Well, I went through the late 60s, early 70s, like everyone else, and then just put all that away. It just went away, and I was merely, nothing happened of any real significance of till I was about 37 or 38 years old and then things came back on with a real boom and uh, just got way in over my head <laughs> as as anyone else does. And what know? happened? Oh, I just, you know, as we all do, we have to hide behind something and we have to medicate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I just mm -hmm. found that, found that my drug of choice wasn't necessarily alcohol. That was used to temper the cocaine high. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know how to work things. You know, sure, it's just, we all know how to work things. So I just, that's what had happened. And I ended up after a couple of years and I was working at the time, wasn't really playing music and uh, ended up using expense reports for, uh, you know, 
buying things I shouldn't and all that kind of stuff and ended up in a detox in Santa Cruz, California in 19, January 1989. Wow. So, um, which, which I was taken there by my mom, believe it or not, because my mom at that point had seven or eight years. It is um, a family disease, Greg. Yeah, and hers, hers. You know, when I think back, hers. I know, I remember hers as being there. I remember Mom drinking her light beer at, you know, yeah, yeah. eight thirty in the morning. But it was never manifested to me in any really outlandish way, or I never didn't pay attention. It was there was no abuse in our family. Mm -hmm. There was no nobody was throwing anybody through walls or anything like that. And and I just didn't really notice it until after I wasn't living at home anymore and then I went and as as you always do you see much thing better in hindsight you can see oh that's what that was all about Duh. you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so she ended up saying she came over one morning and said okay you're going over here because she had been volunteering at this treatment center what she called the treatment center which right. was a which was a, a detox and so I ended up there uh for five days and that was pretty interesting <laughs> and did you then remain clean and sober from that point on yeah i had tried i think there was six months before that i had gone to one of the, one of the uh a fancy outpatient thing where your where your company insurance would pay for it and i mean i was pretty i i knew there was an issue but you know I wasn't done yet, I guess. You so, wanted to do it Greg's way, yeah, too. Yeah, well, I figured I could do that and do this at the same time, yeah, you know, yeah. just moderate it a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. And then, well, you know, that doesn't work very well. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oops. So uh, I, then I ended up in the detox, and that was, I kind of, you know, you hear, you hear a couple of things, and you go, oh, you mean it's like me? Wow. They're <laughs> telling my story. It's me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was real interesting. And I... And then I, you know, you're supposed to do the 90 meetings in 90 days. Well, I probably did, you know, 200 meetings in 90 mm, days, you know, mm. as we all do, yes, you indeed. know. And, and I can't say that at this point or even for the last 10 years, I'm a very good, I don't go to a lot of meetings, mm -hmm. but I do other things that, uh, uh, we do a lot of music that's spiritually based, mm -hmm. I guess you'd say, and uh, it's me using my wife, Pat Barnett, and myself. And we do a lot of music that's spiritually based, and we do a lot of not necessarily gospel or Christian music, just to, just to search for spirituality right. and that kind of thing. And that kind of that's kind of where I've gotten to at, my, at some point. And I have friends who have, you know, have have not made it, and I have friends who have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just saw a friend of mine oh three weeks ago, in, in Atlanta that uh, that I used to hang around with in Chicago, and he. He's got about eight years, and he, you know, it was one of those people I talked to him, and about eight hours later, they hauled him off to the hospital, I remember, and it's a good thing they did, or he probably wouldn't be with us. So, you know, a lot of people had a lot worse times than I did, I think. Greg know? Newland joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, he and Bev Barnett, uh, a great duo. They are performing down here in Eugene, Oregon, the Far West Music Conference. What has music done to enhance your recovery, or vice versa? It was, like I said, I started playing in bands when I was 14. I also, I, I remember riding around with my mom playing her ukulele when we'd go on trips when I was a kid, and my mom taught me how to sing harmony. And my mom used to play a little music when she was in high school and after high school. 
and uh, was on the radio a couple of times and that things like that. And so it was always, she said she brought me home from the hospital, set me in the little thing <laughs> next to the record player and turned it up real loud because she wanted me to like music. Wow, it so worked. That was, yeah. And it so absolutely that's, worked. Uh, you know, some people go, well, I I'm a guitar player. You know, people use the term artist, you know, and yeah, all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm going, you know, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler, so I'm not an artist. <laughs> I'm a guitar player, you know. I'm, I'm maybe a musician, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, if you really want to compliment me, tell me I'm a musician, but I'm pretty much just a guitar player. Greg know? Newland joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast, one half of the duo of Bev Barnett and Greg Newland. You have a CD out called Love Can Change the World, and that yeah. certainly is true. We're going to hear a song called Let the Walls Come Down. Tell me about that song, Greg. That's a song, it comes from a bunch of different places, as everything does, but it's one that's, uh, there's a few things where, uh, as of a number of years ago, a lot of things in the world, especially right now, are based on fear. Everybody's afraid of this and afraid of that. And that works real well when people want to keep you in your place. But if most people, and as we know, all the things that are going on right now, when you just talk straight, there's not much to be afraid of, really. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you have to use your head. But if people keep you in a state of fear, you're paralyzed. And so this, that song in particular, Let the Walls Come Down, that's exactly what it's about. It's about building walls on yourself, and the only way it'll work is when you get rid of them. I wish you continued success one song at a time, one day at a time. Thank you. Uh, Greg Newland joining us. Uh, he is one half of Bev Barnett and Greg Newland. Let's listen now to Let the Walls Come Down. Still 
stuck right here inside Let the walls come Thank you for calling AAA. How can I help you? Oh, great. Hi, we've got a major malfunction going on here. What's the problem, sir? Well, the problem is that some friends and I decided to go whitewater rafting down this river just outside of town. Sounds adventurous. Yeah, well, it was until one of us who kept his keys in his pocket lost them. Hello. <laughs> when he fell, up, oh, I'm sorry, was thrown out of the raft by some supposed tidal wave. Oh, so you're locked out. <laughs> well, we were until our friend Brian came out with an extra set of keys. So you're not locked out. Uh, no. 
but Brian is. Nice job, Brian. The genius locked his keys in the car when he got out to give us our extras. Bummer. Exactly. Well, tell Brian to hang tight, and we'll be right out. Oh, you are the best. See, I told you, man. They're the best. At AAA, we understand it's never just the lockout. That's why we're dedicated to helping you with quick personal service to get you moving again. AAA. We're not just about cars. We're about you. Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or visit AAA.com. Join now and get $10 off a of basic membership. If you're considering a career as a chemical dependency counselor, here are five reasons to enroll at the Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies. It's recommended for up to 24 hours of college credit by the American Council on Education, offers an accelerated distance learning program, is an ADAC-approved provider, and their training meets the criteria for the Certified Justice Professional Certification. Plus, student loans are also available. Start your career today. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. We now join the new Diet 7-Up Taste Challenge already in progress. Okay, I want you all to try this and then just say the first thing that pops in your head. Amazing. Yeah, mm, totally. Mm, there's more flavor. Yeah, more natural flavor. Mm-hmm. More lemon lime flavor. Yeah, you're both right. There's more natural lemon lime flavor. Yeah, the lemon lime flavor is totally zesty. Zingy. Zippy. With zero calories. What is it? Yeah. New Diet 7 Up. Diet 7 Up is new? Yeah, it's been totally reinvented with mm. more natural lemon lime flavor than ever. It's totally refreshing. I love I it. I know. Uh, and it's diet too. And where's the aftertaste? Now, yeah. that is refreshing. <laughs> Here's to more flavor in our lives. Try new diet. Diet 7-Up, now with more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. Diet 7-Up, totally reinvented, totally refreshing. Stop in to your nearest grocery or convenience store today and pick up the new Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up has been totally reinvented and still has zero calories. Taste the new refreshing burst of lemon-lime flavors in Diet 7-Up today. We wasted a lot of years hoping, praying for things to get better. I was desperate to save our family. That's when I made the contact. She contacted Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized alcohol and drug treatment program teaches family members how to break down the barriers of denial. They are taught the skills needed to deal with addiction as a family. Now we're making up for lost time. It was the best contact I ever made. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Well, we are still down here in Eugene, Oregon, uh, having a great time at the Recovery Music Showcase uh, from the Far West Music Conference. Uh, uh, there's so many musicians down here and such a great opportunity to carry the message through the music. And uh, we have met many, many people who are in long-term recovery, willing to talk about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Mia Etzel is joining us now in Recovery Coast to Coast. She is a singer-songwriter down here. It's a funny thing. She was not on the list of people that we were going to interview. She she showed up, and, you know, I often say that uh, there's no such thing as, as coincidence. It's God incidents, and as someone told me several weeks ago, it's divine positioning, and I certainly like that as well. Mia, welcome to the program. Tell us a little bit about you, about your music, and about your recovery. You've been in long-term recovery about six years, right? That's right, Neil. Thank you for having this. Uh, I'm a first-time entry in the Far West Folk Conference, and I have been, it, being here is like being high. It really, really is. It's, I'm, I've been listening to people and crying. I got to see Steve Young sing a song and talk to him today. He's one of my, you know, foundation idols, I guess is the word. It's it's like a house concert on steroids. Yeah. I mean, no matter, you you walk down the third floor every, to 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 let our listeners try to understand this, picture a Hilton hotel, you take the entire third floor, you take every single room, 
you move the beds back and you make it a showcase. You make it a stage. You put chairs in, and you have people singing every 20, 30 minutes. It is just the most amazing thing. And this is just in the evening. There's things going on during the day. There are premiere showcases. But the music really gets gets down around 10.30 at night. And it goes till uh, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning as, as long as people want to stay. And, it, and it's a great way to celebrate life and music. I'm totally celebrating, Neil. And I'm like I said, I'm, I'm having the, t- the time of my life. I'm just buzzed up and, and I'm having no problem... Uh, going to bed at 3 and waking up at 7.30 to do my yoga and my meditation, which is required for me to stay sober. I, I can totally relate to that as well because I get to bed about 3.30 this morning. I was up running. I'm, I'm a daily runner, and I was running at 7 o'clock this morning. I'm still full of energy. So it's uh, I, uh, I know where you're coming from. Take us back six years when things changed for you for the better. Well, I think the bottom is really important. It was for me. Um, I... I, uh, my parents, I, they're still alive, and I'm going to visit them back east. They're not married, but I'm going to visit them back east uh, in a couple of weeks. And I love them, and uh, I forgive them, but they're both alcoholics. Mm. They're both sober now. Um, and when I hit bottom, um, I... Were they still practicing when you... No, no. No, they were back east. I was, you know, 50-something when I hit bottom. And I was literally on the pavement at a um, at the Hemingway Memorial outside of Sun Valley, Idaho, where I live. Um, insane, crazy, uh, mm. jealous, and rage. So, what I wanted to express was that an incident that happened within my marriage, and I'm still married happily, triggered all the rage I ever experienced as a child. What happened in the marriage? What What was the incident that happened? Oh, well, it was a um, betrayal sort of thing Mm. not mine (laughs) although I was certainly you know I certainly had a role in everything that went on but the marriage collapsed that's what I say in my story the marriage had collapsed and I'd lost my audience I was so angry I would do things like go in a in a grocery store and tell everyone what you know you done me wrong he done me wrong he done me wrong and you know pretty, pretty soon no one wanted to listen they'd walk a circle wide around me because, uh, you know, who wants to listen to that? And um, that's when I decided to uh, go into recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I didn't difficult? think I was an alcoholic. I was sure I wasn't an alcoholic. And uh, when I decided to stop drinking with some other people that were mm-hmm. helping me. Support group. Uh-huh. Um, I realized how much I missed that alcohol. I was never a DT, never a DUI, never a blackout. I was that that three glass of wine at night to medicate my anger that I had. Mm. Um, And it worked. It worked really well until I got really (laughs) angry. When it didn't work. Until it stopped working. And uh, and then uh, I I, I admitted I was an alcoholic. And and, uh, so the process of... uh, getting sober and dealing with my anger and accepting people, places, and things as they are um, and being polite and kind and and not reacting and not carrying a chip and all those things. I mean, and here I am, stone-cold sober. I'm, I'm at this conference, just mind-blowing music, 
everywhere I go and an acceptance of my music and uh, I haven't been offended by anyone's drinking here I haven't even we've been up till three o'clock I, yeah. I don't even seen a drunk person yeah, yeah I mean there's alcohol here but I'm not seeing yeah I, everybody's yeah. great yeah it's, what's recovery like for you today Mia it's uh, far better than than not being in recovery um, it's get up in the morning little yoga, little meditation. Um, I have women that I call. They're on speed dial. If I get really tweak, uh, tweaked, a bad word, uh, triggered, um, I call them and they let me rant and rave and they're safe to rant and rave too. And then and uh, they might make a suggestion or they might not. And uh, so there's that. So that's my medicine for that. I don't take anything. I don't, t I don't, Mm. I personally do not I, I don't take antidepressants or anything like that you are a singer-songwriter let mm -hmm. me ask you about uh, the, the influence of your recovery on your music or perhaps the other way around well you'll be interested in this I, I uh, got a banjo from my dad the wonderful alcoholic dad who started me playing music mm. at age 15 I played professionally till age 30 I met my husband got pregnant right after the wedding, had a lovely child, daughter, and stopped playing music. I didn't think I was enough. Wow. I had a couple of rejections, bands that changed personnel, and I wasn't involved in it. And uh, I did not play out or significantly rehearse for 28 years. Is that right? And then I got, I got sober and... Uh, I was really uh, overwrought one night, and uh, there's a song that Buddy and Julie Miller wrote called Midnight and Lonesome, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. and I, uh, I had to sing that song. I had to sing that song, <laughs> and I got my guitar out that, that Martin had been sitting in the, uh. in the closet for 28 years, and I got it out, and I sang that song, and, and I saw Buddy oh, uh, uh, a while ago, and I told him that, and he gave him this big hug. Oh, oh that's wonderful. And so it's just um, I'm organized and I, I make time to rehearse and 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 I get to play with better and better musicians and and uh, writing and just learn how to build a song and perform a song. We're going to close out the interview with a song that you wrote called the Recovery Song. Tell me about when you wrote it and maybe some backstory. I just I did spend a lot of time up at night uh, rocking, couldn't sleep. Once again, it's that anger, and uh, I want to tell the listeners I don't have that now. I'm okay, so please don't be afraid of me. <laughs> but uh, I, I think everybody's been up and been lonely, yeah. even if someone's in the bed yeah, that you're yeah, left. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, the, the, the song starts with, it, it's 3 a.m., and I'm on my knees, quivering, rocking, so very angry. It, so it's just a description of how I felt at night. Mm. And I don't do that anymore. The website, by the way, is miaedsall.com, M-I-A-E-D-S-A-L-L.com. Let me say it again, www.miaedsall.com. And if you would, uh, let's, uh, let's listen now to the recovery song. I thank you for stopping by. Thank you, Neil. It's 3 a.m. Quivering, rocking, so very angry. 
raven waits close at hand Knowing this could be my last stand We can recover It's dark and I'm quite alone Hidden bottom could be cornerstone I could make it if I make that call Higher power, won't you break my fall We can recover Get back what we lost It seems like a hopeless state of mind Talking to myself and drinking too much wine Time to sober up, I'm at the jumping off place Gotta wake up and live in grace At the sun it came up again I see the brilliant colors in the window pane Regard the light, the glass is half full I keep telling the mirror I'm beautiful We can recover, get back what we lost We can recover Get back what we lost We can recover We can, we can, we can been listening to part one of recovery coast to coast broadcasting from clear channel studios in seattle washington carried live on khho am 850 in tacoma washington and heard nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org we invite you to stay tuned for part two of recovery coast to coast if you've been in continuous recovery for at least a year and would like to share your story with others, please send us an email at recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. For more information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows, as well as find information on upcoming programs. You have been listening to part one of Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on KHHO AM 850 in Tacoma, Washington, and heard nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. 
We invite you to stay tuned for part two of Recovery Coast to Coast. In our next hour, we will feature an individual in recovery, sharing experience, strength, and hope about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery. If you've been in continuous recovery for at least a year and would like to share your story with others, please send us an email at recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. For more information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows, as well as find information on upcoming programs. This is KHHO AM 850 in Tacoma, Washington, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle. Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. We are down here in Eugene, Oregon. Boy, it's just great to be down here tonight. Uh, the Recovery Music Showcase continues. It is the Far West Music Conference. It is where musicians from all over the West Coast and, and the East Coast as well i have been surprised at uh, how far away people have come to be a part of this come together and they meet up with people who are looking for musicians, whether they're venue owners, whether they're promoters, uh, agents, whatever it happens to be. It all comes together once a year at Far West Music Conference, and uh, they have been nice enough to invite us down here. And we decided to put together a recovery music showcase uh, and invite people in who are either in recovery, uh, have songs about recovery, or perhaps have had uh, some sort of alcoholism or addiction in their family and, and willing to talk about it. John Royzat joining us in this segment. He is a singer-songwriter. He's out of the Bay Area. He's been down there for quite some time. You can find out more about his music, incidentally, at www.royzat.com. And, John, welcome to the program. And, and tell us a little bit about your background, if you would, as far as being a musician and, um, and take us some places. Okay. Thanks, Neil. It's really a pleasure to be here. I've been playing music since high school. Uh, started with, uh, you know, learning Peter, Paul, and Mary songs and uh, played through college. And, Big uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary fan? Yeah. We had Peter Yarrow on the on the show about uh, two months ago. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he's, wow. he's, he's, he's a character. I mean, their music really holds yeah, up. It's yeah. just, uh, just, just so well put together. I was at a Carnegie songs. Hall concert uh, two years ago. It was the final performance for Mary before she passed away. Oh, oh. And they brought her out in a wheelchair. She was hooked up to oxygen. Oh. And there wasn't a dry eye in that place, and she could still sing. Wow. And it was just so touching. What a great thing for her, too. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're born and raised on Peter, Paul, and Mary in the folk music. And, yep. and take yep. us take us along the ride. Well, um, yeah, I went to college and uh, worked for a year out of college. And uh, just uh, the, the itch to play music was too strong than the desire to have a career. Mm. So in my 20s, I played full-time. I, I started playing the fiddle in college, and I'm a fiddle player. Love love uh, American fiddling music. And yeah. I started writing songs, and the first song success I had was uh, 
writing the lyric for Midnight on the Water, which is a very popular fiddle tune by Benny Thomason back back uh, in the 70s. And uh, I knew Kate Wolf, and uh, anyway, wow. showed it to her, and she picked it up, and no kidding, put, put it put it on her uh, second uh, CD, or it wasn't CDs yeah, then. It was, it was records, <laughs> records, yeah. And anyway, so that kind of really got me pumped up about songwriting, and I've been doing it ever since. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. Back in high school, you had a friend named Tom. Yep. And and yep. that uh, inspired a song. Tell us about Tom, and tell us some of the things that went on. With sure. Him. Yeah. Uh, Tom. Tom was. Uh, just a really dynamic guy, and uh, there were we were kind of a gang of about five or six of us who ran together. And uh, you know, part of part of part of uh, rites of passage is uh, is uh, you know going out carousing and drinking together, and that was certainly uh, you know pretty much standard fun on the weekends. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know we would reconnect. We kind of all went our ways several ways after high school, and. Uh, and then reconnected uh, from time to time during college years. He came up and, you know, we would go out and raise hell together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to college in L.A. And then uh, he got drafted. This was during Vietnam War days. He got drafted. It just turned out that the alcohol problem for him was just real, real heavy and serious. He got and tossed out of the service. He right? got kicked out, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think you got to be pretty, pretty much of a screw-up yeah. to get thrown out. Uh, you know, that was during Vietnam when he wanted bodies. You know, a year or two later, he, he killed somebody uh, driving, uh, you know, driving while drunk mm -hmm. and ended up by doing, uh, you know, prison time. I saw him. Uh, he got out of prison and uh, came to stay. Uh, I was living up in the Santa Rosa area. Uh, a little bit north of San Francisco, and he, he stayed a few days, and then he decided he was going to kind of stay stay in town. He was a surveyor. Uh, he, he'd gotten into surveying and loved it and was good at it. He was struggling to, uh, he was working with AA, and he was struggling to with sobriety back then, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't winning. He, he, you know, he was still running into trouble, and, you know, he, he, he loved guns, uh, you know, and he would, you know, when we, when we came over the first time, you know, he's an ex-con, he's not supposed to have guns, the first thing he does is he shows me his guns, <laughs> and I, I just kind of pulled back from him, because I was, you know, a guy with a drinking problem, and a wild streak, and, and, and carrying guns, guns, guns. not a good yeah. combination, so anyway, we lost track, and, um, a happy ending to the story. By there, the way. There's a happy, yeah. The song is sad because I wrote the song before I before I knew what happened to him. Uh, I'd, I'd lost touch with him, and I was uh, you know working on some songs and was thinking about him. And I and this you know kind of the idea for the song came, and I wrote it. You know I didn't know what had happened to him, and probably probably ten or more years passed uh, since I wrote the song, and I got a call one day from a gal who was putting together a high school reunion, and I said, do you, do you know how to get? You know I'm, I'm you know I'm. I'm kind of out of touch with the high school class, yeah. and there's some there's some guys I used to run with, and and you know how to I could get hold of my friend Tom, and she had his email address, and it was so cool because uh, we reconnected, you know, and I, I wasn't sure if he was uh, you know alive or dead or on the street or or what what he was doing. He got it, didn't he? Yeah, you know when I heard about the radio show, um, I called him up and and said, you know, hey, I'm gonna gonna play your song here on the radio. And he said, "I've been uh, I've been sober for 22 years in November. It'll be 22 years." 22 years. Yeah. So wow. he, he got he got he got straight. He got sober, and he's miracles. Uh, he's still very involved in the AA. He does does talks for him and stuff. Yeah. So the the song's sad, but there is a happy epilogue to the song. And we're going to listen to that song now, and uh, it's a song with a powerful message. Let's listen. Thank you, Neil.
free as a bird He knew how to fly While the rest of us were still learning We were 18 And trying our wings Around us the world was turning Lonely nights We'd get together Cruise around and do some drinking Flying high And trying life We didn't see we were sinking We were drawn like moths to a flame To light that shine in a bottle Round and round Falling down Swallow by swallow tasted heaven and I've seen hell and the years have gone by I saw the promise of a young man's life burn up in a lie we were drawn like moss to a flame The light that shine in a bottle Round and round Falling down Swallow by swallow Now we were both caught I got free How? I don't really know It could have been me But it was him The flame would not let go He was drawn like a moth to a flame The light that shined in a bottle Round and round He spiraled down Swallow by swallow Round and round He spiraled down And I almost followed That was John Roy Zad with a great song called Moths to a Flame. And that wraps up our visit down here in Eugene, Oregon at the Far West Music Conference. We're going to continue, however, with Recovery Coast to Coast tonight with a replay from a wonderful interview we did with a gal by the name of Patty P. We will do that when we come back right after this short time out. 
These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and to cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. She has always been your baby, but when your daughter got into drugs and alcohol, she turned into a stranger. What do you do? Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized youth treatment program guides young people back to a life free of drugs and alcohol. All treatment is gender specific and directed by caring certified professionals in a safe environment. You can get your daughter back and get to know her again. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Your daughter's wasted. Again. You ignore it. You get help. Before long, she's been arrested. Before long, she's been promoted. You post bail. You congratulate her. And then her addiction really takes and off. And then her career really takes off. She stops in from time to time for she money. She stops in from time to time for coffee. But then it's right back to the street. But then it's right back to the office. Years later... The police stop by. Years later, your daughter and son-in-law stop by. They've got bad news. They've got good news. She's gone. She's expecting. You cry. Choose to help a loved one struggling with drugs or alcohol. It could change everything. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Here is something to think about. Problem gambling is exactly that, a problem. Looking for a solution? Well, there is a way out. And there is help for you or someone you love who's caught in the web of problem gambling. Help is as close as your phone. Call the Washington State Problem Gambling Helpline, 1-800-522-4700. For confidential help and free information, call a real winning number, 1-800-522-4700. They have the solution for problem gambling. Recovery Coast to Coast is a program feature of the nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. On the air, thanks to the generosity of our friends and listeners. Now, if you're enjoying Recovery Coast to Coast and would like to help us to continue to carry the message of hope and the promise of recovery, you can make a tax-deductible contribution to the Alliance for Recovery at P.O. Box 31451, Seattle, Washington, 98103. Thank you in advance for your support. Welcome back to Recovery Coast to Coast, live and streaming audio on the Internet at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. All right, hour number two, we always talk to someone in recovery, and uh, tonight we're talking to Patty P., and in keeping with the 12 traditions, we only use first names. Patty, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me here. How are you? I'm pretty good. good. Tell us about Patty. How long have you been in recovery, Patty? Uh, let's see. We celebrated a year absolutely drug- clean and sober in July. Um, we had we had a tough go. I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous when I was about 14 years old. Wow. And what, um, you're now 18, 18, yeah, 19? Yeah, as a yeah. matter of fact, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll just say that my uh, my special 24-year coin that is my 24-hour coin indicates where we should be. But well, don't should on yourself. Yeah. Well, let's go, let's so. go back to the very beginning in terms of your drug and alcohol use. When did you start getting into trouble with it? When did you start using it, first of all? My first vivid recollection of drinking, I was small enough that I needed a chair to push up against the kitchen sink so I could get to the bottle of Strawberry Fields wine up in the cupboard. Why? Because I'd seen Mom and Dad do it, and they had fun. Mm -hmm. 
you know. And, and it tasted good. It, t- it tasted like candy as far as I was concerned, and I liked that warm feeling. Mm. I remembered that. And, uh, Did it, mom and dad see you moving the chair over, climbing up, um, and getting it? You know, I, that part I don't remember. Mm. But, um, you know, that's, that's my first vivid recollection of... I imagine some parents would think, oh, isn't that cute? Well, undoubtedly, you know, it was always the good, you know, mm. Uh, mm. good redneck family. You know, mm-hmm. here, let the kid have a beer while we go to the movies. They drink the beer, they go to sleep, we can watch the movie, you know. And mm. Tell me about your family, brothers, sisters. I have uh, one younger brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think he's 32 now. Uh, part of my history is, is uh, marijuana use, therefore I have very short, short memory span. Hmm. Um, uh, I, I have my brother. Uh, through my father, I have other siblings that I haven't met. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's different. Uh, my that's about it for my family. My mother passed away seven years ago. Um, didn't drink through that, but I drank through the divorce that followed that. Mm. You know, um, which is, uh, from what I understand with people I've talked to that are in recovery, that's a pretty normal thing. You can handle the the really big ones. And comparatively, a parent's death compared to a divorce, mm. you know. So you, you went out and drank yes. again after how many years in the program? Uh, I was sober five years. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was a bouncer. I bounced in and out, bounced in and out. Um, the most I had put together at one time was the five years. And, you know, what they talk about in the meetings is true. You get lazy. Mm-hmm. You stop going to meetings. Mm-hmm. You stop talking to people. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is great. I've, had, I've got all mm-hmm. this good stuff. Mm-hmm. And you forget about going to meetings. And when you forget about going to the meetings, you start forgetting where you came from. And AA is a very selfish program. It is. It is. Uh, I, I have a friend who says he, he loves <coughs> to go to meetings and he loves to hear when people have 15, 20, 30 years go out and get drunk. Yeah. He says, that's important to me to know that that could be me. They're human. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I absolutely. There are, there are some people that I, I regard, that I did, re- I'll rephrase this, that I did regard as godlike because they had multiple years. I mean, mm-hmm. they had double-digit years. It's, there were some people that were so Quantity longer than does, I was alive. does not equate with quality. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I've seen some of those people stumble and fall, and I've also seen some of those people stay. Mm-hmm. Stay sure. there and put it together. You know, I've got a friend in Eastern Washington where I grew up who's 50 years sober, and that's just an unfathomable mm. length of time for me. You know, I remember 30 30 days. There's no way. There's yeah, no way. I yeah. there's no way I can do 30 days. You know, and yeah, and eventually, the, the, yeah, and, the, and certainly one of the beauties of the program is that you don't have to worry about never drinking again. You yeah. just have to not drink today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want to drink tomorrow? Let's wait till tomorrow. We'll deal with tomorrow when it comes. But Which exactly. means that the person who woke up the earliest this morning has the uh, most sobriety. Precisely. Yeah. Back to, back to the, the drinking and the using. Oh. Uh, as a teenager, tell me about some of that. Oh, uh, I was your, your typical angry young child. Um, the, the familial history was pretty rough. There was a lot of a lot of a lot of abuse, a lot of violence on both sides. Um, mm. You know, m- me towards my parents, my parents towards me. Um, very tumultuous. And one of the escapes I found was running away and drinking. So we'd run, I'd run away and hang out with the kids downtown, and you know, do the little street rat thing and drink and drug and forget where I came from for a moment. Mm. Um, and in doing that, I wound up becoming a ward of the state. And I spent. So you lived on the streets. I did. I did. I did now and then. Um, I was. I was what they considered a chronic runner. 
I would go into foster care, get fed, get healthy again, go run away home. for six, eight weeks, you know, come mm -hmm. back, you know. Work the system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, thank God I forgot how to work the system after a while. Mm. Um, I got put in a position where I assaulted a, a boy when I was, I was, I think I was about 15, and I wound up spending 13 months in one of our local juvenile facilities. Mm. Gray Bar Treatment Center, huh? Gray Bar Treatment Center, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, it was introduced to huffing there, but it didn't do much for me. Huffing? Huffing, um, chemicals, breathing in chemicals to catch yourself a little buzz. Okay. Like, like paint, gasoline? Um, actually, our, our, drug, our drug of choice for that was the uh, toilet cakes. <laughs> My goodness. Yes. Is that right? Well, you, it would be, you would be amazed. The ones they put in the urinals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a job at one point where I was cleaning, so I would just take fresh cakes and bring them back. And, you know, that was... Wow. You never know. You never know. Um, kind of like the magic marker thing, you know, how the magic markers when you were a kid, you'd... Mm -hmm. Oh, that smells so good. Yeah, yeah. You know. Love um, those Sharpies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even now, you got to kind of keep them away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, there was that... Um, I spent, like I said, 13 months there, and that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Why? Um, I learned. I grew up. Mm. Um, I realized that I had some self-worth. That my perception of me wasn't exact. Wasn't the world's perception. Thank God. Mm. Um, like I said, with my family history, there was a lot of. I felt a lot of less than. Um, didn't deserve. Um, very angry at everything you mm -hmm. know a angry at the world I mean I would question when people would say hi how are you mm -hmm. you know the question was where are you asking yeah what do you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 very much so very much so um, but that's where I was at at that point in time when I was very young um, got out of there at 17 moved back to eastern Washington where I'd grown up and tried to start again Start again, Start again. one more time for Patty. We're visiting with Patty P. here in hour number two on Recovery Coast to Coast. Nice to have you with us. Uh, the story will continue as we take Patty through what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And there's some amazing things in the what it's like now part that she was sharing with me before the program started, including an occupation that she's involved with now. So we'll do all that when we come back. Recovery Coast to Coast at Comcast.net is our email address. Stay with us. We're here till midnight tonight. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? There is help and hope at Sundown M Ranch. At Sundown, the focus is on you and your disease. You will learn how to live without depending on drugs and alcohol. Sundown M Ranch is nationally recognized for effective and affordable alcohol and drug treatment programs. Reclaim your life. Replace your fears with hope. Go to www.sundown.org right now to learn more. Recovery Coast to Coast, and nice to have you along with us tonight. You can email questions to us during the program at recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. Patty joining us in hour number two. Patty, did you have a particular drink that you preferred, beer, alcohol? Um, anything I could wrap my hands on. Anything to get your hands yeah. on. So, um, so you're drinking. I was a drinker. You're huffing urinal cakes. 
I think you're all okay. Smoking weed? Oh, definitely. Did you ever do Robitussin or, or, or mouthwash or anything mm, None like of those that? things, no. Okay. No. <clears throat> you talked about being in and out of treatment mm -hmm. because it, you became lazy. You mm -hmm. weren't going to meetings. You weren't working on it. The best analogy I can come up with is somebody who puts in the effort to work out to get their body in shape, and they're happy with their body, and all of a sudden they're resting on their laurels. And right. they think that it's going to stay that way, and it doesn't. What makes you get lazy? Is it the fact that you think you have it under control and that what what causes the laziness? Well, everything starts to fall into that plan you have. You know, I'm going to get sober. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get this boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever. You know, I'm going to get this house. And then when you have all of these things, it's like, okay, well, I have this. I have that body. I don't have to work out as much. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go to the gym three times a week. I can just go once a week. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, this once a week is really getting to be a pain in the butt. I'm going to narrow it down to one one time a month. And then it just, you know, you Slowly keep Slowly and gradually you start getting away yeah, from the Yeah, you basics. drift away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's what had happened. And then you think, well, you know, that's what it used to be like. You know, yeah. I, I, can, I can have a glass I of wine. Have, exactly. That's wine. exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. going out for an anniversary dinner. Oh, we can have one beer tonight. Mm. Mm. And we did do one beer. And then the following night it was a couple you know, and the next thing you know, two years down the road, we're splitting up because my drinking. Mm. So, mm. and and that was a lesson for me, and it took a while for me to realize that lesson, because mm. uh, of course I went on the deep end then. Well, if you think my drinking was bad then, yeah, I'll show you, and I'll then you wind up you. drinking at your partner. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I will show you. See how mad I am at you. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, exactly. What was your personality like when you were drinking? Well, for one thing, I'm a redhead. <laughs> so, Say no more. <laughs> um, actually, it, hell it, hath it, no fury mm, like a, yeah. It, it kind of depended on where my attitude was when I started to drink. Mm. Um, usually, very happy-go-lucky, very friendly, as a friend of mine put it. Um, mm -hmm. And that kind of didn't go over well with the with the partner at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, being very friendly mm -hmm. wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and or I was very belligerent and would get upset with somebody walking by and saying, "Hey." Wouldn't take know. much, would it? Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Um, Blackouts. Uh, as a matter of fact, yes. Uh, in the in the last last few years of my drinking, blackouts became much more of a problem. The last six months that I drank. Every time I drank, there was a blackout. When did you hit your bottom? Um, which one? Well, the, the first time, <laughs> when you went into treatment for the first time. The first time. time I was, I was, I think I was 14, and I had been running away, and I had finally come to the grips that maybe my drinking might have been a problem that I was trying to cover some stuff up with, so I went to my counselor, or my caseworker through Department of Social and Health Services because I was a ward of the state, and we decided that, yes, I might need to get some help. And I went to uh, Mid-Columbia Mid Columbia Treatment Center at that point in time is what it was called hmm. um, in the Tri-Cities in Richland. Inpatient, outpatient? <clears throat> inpatient. Inpatient. <coughs> Excuse me. And I spent, I believe it was a 28-day program, and I think I spent two months there. <laughs> um, and then I was moved on to a, a children's home in uh, in eastern Washington in Spokane, in the Spokane area. Were you introduced to the 12-step program? I was. In, uh, in the Mid-Columbia program? Uh, no, I was introduced to the 12-step program just prior to that by, mm -hmm. my, by the uh, caseworker I had through DSHS, who mm -hmm. was also a member 
really? of, of a 12-step program, yes. Um, and she said, you might want to try this. And I thought it was a really good idea at the time. And the amazing thing was is throughout my drinking career, even after I had gone out and started drinking again, I knew that's what I needed. Uh-huh. You know, um, I asked you about your first drink. Let me ask you about your first AA meeting. My first AA meeting was, I, I would like to say I was 13 or 14 years old. It was at the, it was at the Alano Club in Yakima, Washington. Mm. Um, I walked in, and it was this long room, and there was lots of cigarette smoke and lots of people drinking coffee, and everybody was so much older than me was the only thing mm-hmm. I remember. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I felt very much, very much outnumbered, but I sat and I listened. And there was a gentleman there um, who still goes to the meetings, and the one thing that stuck stuck in my mind, and it still sticks in my mind today, he said that night was, I didn't know until I didn't know that I didn't know. And anybody that lives in Yakima knows exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very true. He had a big, booming voice, and that was the only thing I remember from that meeting was knowing that I didn't know. Uh, and, and and that it was okay yeah, not to know. Exactly, exactly. I was I was given permission to not know. Mm-hmm. And uh that stuck with me and as I said it sticks with me today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's if if I get into a space where I'm confused and I don't know what's going on, mm. that pops in. Wow. Absolutely. So So you you go to uh a program in Spokane, what happens? Uh ran away of course. Hmm. Um, Surprise. Imagine that. Um, I was very, very angry at, at how my life had changed. Um, my mother had married somebody who was abusive, and due to the abuse, I was removed from the home because I fought back. Mm. And Fighting her battle? Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. And that's just, you know, I think that's just how God expected it to happen. Mm-hmm. That's how God wanted it to happen because it has... It has taught me a lot about choosing my choosing my battles. Mm. Um, I don't interesting. I sometimes, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. still a little sketchy on the ones that I choose. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, it's progress, not perfection. Exactly. Patty. Thank goodness. You know, I'm very progressive. Yeah. Good. So, <laughs> good. Um, so. So you ran away from Spokane. I ran away from Spokane. I think I'm not quite sure on the count, but I believe between the ages of 12 and 16, I was in 13 different group homes and 12 different foster homes. I was, I was just angry. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know, I didn't know how to express what was going on inside me. And Mm. that's where the drinking came in, the drinking and the smoking the pot Mm. because everything was cool. I was fine. I wasn't mad. I, everybody was cool. I was fine with everybody. Um, I was a blackout drinker as a teenager. Um, I do recall certain times where I'd blackout drinking in Yakima and come to in Seattle, mm-hmm. or the Tri Cities, mm-hmm. or Spokane, or Ellensburg. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure how. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who said when he drank, he broke out in spots. Mm. Ellensburg, Spokane, <laughs> Boise, yeah, San yeah. Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, some break out in handcuffs too. Ever. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I was lucky enough that that did not happen to me. Mm. Did you get any DWIs or? No. Um, really? My last, as a matter of fact, my last drunk was a jaywalking ticket. 
<laughs> Must have been in Seattle. No, it was it was in Tempe, Arizona, at a Cardinals game. So, oh, yeah. you, you did a little geographic? Um, no, I had to move to Tucson. I had to move to the Phoenix area to uh, take to, to take care of some family business ah. and uh, went off the deep end, drinking there for a bit um, due to some life life circumstances. So, and my last drink was. Uh, at the Arizona Cardinals football game where they actually beat the Vikings. so Which is a memorable game because they don't beat <laughs> anyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Uh, so, so you wound up uh, going down to Phoenix. Now, had, yeah. you, had you had any sobriety going into Phoenix? Um, I had, yes, I had had uh, about a year and a half sober mm-hmm. when I had moved to Phoenix. Did you go um, to meetings down there? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I went to meetings in Phoenix. Loved the meetings in Phoenix. Um, had a had a rocking sponsor down there. She was amazing. Um, I, the people the people in the program down there are pretty pretty incredible mm-hmm. in the Phoenix area. Um, I did get into that tirade when I moved to Tucson that they don't do AA right, and I did that slip away thing. I, I stepped back and uh, decided that it was okay if I smoked a little pot. And then, you know, I found this great little restaurant that served Cajun food, and they had all sorts of really cool new microbrews that I hadn't tried. And, well, I had to try them out, you know. And it just, it, it's insidious how it sneaks back in on you. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really is. You know, you think, oh, I'm fine. And, and you are fine for a while. And then it gives you, know, you that false sense yeah, of, yeah. well, you know, well, yeah, I had and then a couple of beers. We split this pitcher. We're all good. And then when nothing happens the first couple of times, you think, well, <laughs> exactly. you know, maybe I, maybe I'm not an alcoholic yeah. after all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the whole thing starts up exactly. in the mind. And then before you know it, boom, mm-hmm. you are, you know, where you would have been had you not had any amount exactly. of recovery. Exactly. Cunning, yeah. baffling, and powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely sneaky too. And and so down in Phoenix, because of the family issue, is is that one of the things precipitated you going back out? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the death of a very very good friend of mine. Um, I I had moved down. I had gone back down there to help uh, help my ex husband's partner raise our two children, and I was stuck in the system. That mm-hmm. the, uh, the trying to get sober, possibly having a mental a disability, mm-hmm. and. Uh, not being able to get the help mm. and fighting the system exactly yeah. fighting the system to get that help and uh you know it was a constant battle and it got to a frustration point because i couldn't find work i was definitely unemployable due to my disease um and due to the depression i was going through from the disease did you get treatment for mental health issues i did mm-hmm. i did yeah um i spent prior to Arizona, I had spent some time in therapy dealing with a lot of uh, familial mm. familial issues and was able to walk through some stuff that not, not a lot of people get to walk through mm. and ha- have some things happen that not a lot of people get to happen. And it was pretty incredible for me. And it was that the that point I I had somebody in my life. We had some really bad things happen to me when I was very small. And the perpetrator of those actions actually got into the program and came to me and made amends. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah, that was that was my that saved my life. How really did, did you handle that? I was I was stunned and amazed. Um the first thing I did was start to cry. 
And the second thing I did was hold him and hug him because you could see the change in his face Mm -hmm. and in his eyes. And we are still good friends. Um, It was a friend of the family. It was, I cannot fault somebody when they go through that kind of pain. Mm -hmm. You know, and yes, things happened to me. They were really bad. But those bad things made me who I am today. You know, it helped me develop my character, helped me accept a lot of things that some people can't accept. You know, it, it's, it, I believe everything in my history has made me who I am today. And I'm willing to accept my history because of that. So. That's pretty, pretty powerful stuff. It is. I want to talk t- to the moms and dads that may be listening who huh. have a son or daughter who are having problems with drug or alcohol. And you talked about going to AA for your first meeting when you were 13 or 14. Yeah. To me, that I just was stunned when I heard that because to get into that program, to go to AA at, at such an early age, and you're, you, you said you felt a lot younger than everybody there, mm. is that something you would recommend to parents for their kids if they got to that point where they were addicted to alcohol and, uh, and having problems I would recommend that they find a young people's meeting. You know, there are meetings that have people, I mean, I mean young people, that's that's kind of a tough one because, I mean, I'm... You're a young person. I'm a young person, yes. exactly. Just trapped you know, in an older person. Exactly, body. exactly. And, and we have progressed so far in the exactly. study of this disease, and, and the thing that we're finding, though, is that youth... Are involved in it, yes, they and are. they haven't. They're just starting to really get things prepared yeah. to be able to deal with that. So that's probably the difference between yeah. now and and when you were there. What, was it frightening? I mean, it seems it like as a kid terrifying. you would walk in there, it would be almost like going to a scared straight, yeah, you know, where you go to it, prison. Pretty and much, you know. There's there's you know, for lack of a better name, Myrtle sitting in the back corner who's, you know, chain-smoking cigarettes, the ash is three feet long, and she's talking like this, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, I, I, I don't think I'm ready for this, you know. And, you know, absolutely, if you, if you have an opportunity to get, if your child does have a problem drinking and drugging, Look for a youth group. Absolutely. And in fact, if, if you're listening right now and that makes sense, uh, the number at Intergroup for AA, and they can tell you where these young people's meetings are, is 587-2838. And uh, a Larry down there can direct you to a good, mm-hmm. uh, a good young people's meeting. We're going to take a short time out. We are visiting in hour number two tonight with Patty P. Uh, she's telling her story of experience, strength, and hope. And uh, we invite you to join us every night, Monday through Friday. If you'd like to tell your story, give us a call. Drop us an email at recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. And uh, we'll give you the opportunity to do that as well. All we ask is at least one year of continuous recovery. And in keeping with the 11th and 12th traditions, we only use first names in our number two. So Brian and I will be back with Patty right after this. Thank you for calling AAA. How can I help you? Oh, great. Hi, we've got a major malfunction going on here. What's the problem, sir? Well, the problem is that some friends and I decided to go whitewater rafting down this river just outside of town. Sounds adventurous. Yeah, well, it was until one of us who kept his keys in his pocket lost them. Hello. <laughs> when he fell, up, oh, I'm sorry, was thrown out of the raft by some supposed tidal wave. Oh, so you locked out. <laughs> well, we were until our friend Brian came out with an extra set of keys. So you're not locked out. Uh, no. 
but Brian is. Nice job, Brian. The genius locked his keys in the car when he got out to give us our extras. Bummer. Exactly. Well, tell Brian to hang tight, and we'll be right out. Oh, you are the best. See, I told you, man. They're the best. At AAA, we understand it's never just the lockout. That's why we're dedicated to helping you with quick personal service to get you moving again. AAA. We're not just about cars. We're about you. Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or visit AAA.com. Join now and get $10 off a basic membership. If you're considering a career as a chemical dependency counselor, here are five reasons to enroll at the Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies. It's recommended for up to 24 hours of college credit by the American Council on Education, offers an accelerated distance learning program, is an ADAC-approved provider, and their training meets the criteria for the Certified Justice Professional Certification. Plus, student loans are also available. Start your career today. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. We now join the new Diet 7-Up Taste Challenge already in progress. Okay, I want you all to try this and then just say the first thing that pops in your head. Amazing. Yeah. Mm, totally. Mm, there's more flavor. Yeah, more natural flavor. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, you're both right. There's more natural lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, the lemon-lime flavor is totally zesty. Zingy. Zippy. With zero calories. What is it? Yeah. New Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up is new? Yeah, it's been totally reinvented with mm. more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. It's totally refreshing. I love I know. it. I uh, And it's diet, too. And where's the aftertaste? Now, yeah. that is refreshing. <laughs> Here's to more flavor in our lives. Try new Diet Diet 7-Up, now with more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. Diet 7-Up, totally reinvented, totally refreshing. Stop in to your nearest grocery or convenience store today and pick up the new Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up has been totally reinvented and still has zero calories. Taste the new refreshing burst of lemon-lime flavors in Diet 7-Up today. We wasted a lot of years hoping, praying for things to get better. I was desperate to save our family. That's when I made the contact. She contacted Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized alcohol and drug treatment program teaches family members how to break down the barriers of denial. They are taught the skills needed to deal with addiction as a family. Now we're making up for lost time. It was the best contact I ever made. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Recovery Coast to Coast is not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous, Al-Anon, ACOA, or any other 12-step or similar program. We do attempt to observe the traditions and intent of these organizations, respecting their success and longevity. Recovery Coast to Coast endeavors to protect the personal anonymity of our callers, especially insofar as our involvement in any 12-step program is concerned. It is Recovery Coast to Coast. Nice to have you with us tonight. We are here until midnight tonight, every night, Monday through Friday. Uh, Different topics in the first hour, but always a focus on recovery, especially in hour number two. In hour number two, we have someone who is in a recovery program. It could be alcoholism. It could be drug addiction. It could be uh, sexual problems. It could be gambling. Uh, We kind of run the gamut, Uh, but always keeping with the 12 traditions, uh, especially the 11th and 12th traditions, which regard anonymity. So we only use first names. Patty P. is joining us tonight in hour number two talking about what it was like for her and, and what it's like now and, and, uh, and what happened, the different types of treatment. How many treatment centers have you been to? Uh, two juvenile facilities and two adults. Mm. Where did you go to adult treatment? Uh, I went to Sundown Amaranch. Mm. And I actually, as a teenager, went to Olala Guest Lodge. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Two uh, excellent programs yes. in our state. Excellent Absolutely. programs. You know, people in recovery 
are a really a happy lot. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, the laughter and the love and the, you know, it's really about a new way of life, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People absolutely. think, well, it's to teach you not to drink. It, that is so wrong. No, it teaches you how to live. How to live, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I, did you have a moment of clarity in, in your recovery? I've had several. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, here within the past couple of months, had one. Um, a friend of mine was, uh, involved in in an accident and she lost her life in it and she was the type of person that absolutely grabbed life by the horns Mm. and and lived and uh, in this short time that I knew her I only knew her a couple of months however her life and the way she lived has inspired me to absolutely live life to its fullest extent and to live each moment as if it's my last Mm. And, uh, you know, they say if we all lived like we were going to die, we would live much differently. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm. However, I think my credit rating would probably show that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Brian is is uh, absolutely dying to know. I feel like, you know, the old What's My Line program. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, wh- what do you do for a living now? Um, Without mentioning where you work. Two nights a week, I work the door and bounce at a bar. And then... <laughs> Two nights a month, I also cocktail at the same bar. Now, there would be people out there that would immediately say, whoa, yes. wait just a second Absolutely. there, Neil Scott. What are you talking about? How can this woman be around cocktails and be a server and be in recovery? It just It's a reminder. You know, um, It reminds me how much I hate the smell of alcohol. Mm. You know, almost aversion conditioning. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Almost a shikshittle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I can honestly say that my compulsion to drink has absolutely been lifted. Um, I think more of using marijuana than I do think taking a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, did you smoke a lot of pot? Oh, I did. Mm. Very much, yes. There are people who say, well, pot isn't addicting. What I would challenge say? that argument. Really? Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, my attitude would change when I would almost run out. You know, I was always one to call my guy. Mm. You know, if I was down to what I didn't think was going to last me through the day, mm. I'd have my phone call into my guy. How much pot were you smoking? Um, when I quit, I was smoking roughly... A quarter ounce a week. A quarter a week. A quarter a week. That's yeah. pretty significant. That's yes. pretty expensive, actually. Absolutely, <laughs> it is. That's <laughs> what it is. Absolutely, it is. Uh, um, how did you stop smoking the marijuana? I had one of those ball bats in the back of the head. Mm. Um, I had been in an auto accident and. Uh, While stoned? No, oh, okay. no. Um, we were rear-ended, and uh, I had been medicating myself with it. And uh, with the pot, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I was out at the bars with some friends, um, and we were going to sneak around the corner. And we went to light up, and about the time I lit up, a cop drove by, and that was my last time. Did you get like, popped? Nope. And that was it. I was like, okay, I will take that hint. 
that I don't need to do this anymore. And that was it. I just, if I'm going to live a new way of life, I need to live a new way of life complete. That's why my recovery date has changed. So you you were smoking pot while you were supposedly yeah. So I was in, I was using it as as pain maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was my excuse. Um, and when I was abusing it along with my pain pills from my accident, my sponsor suggested that maybe I might ought to want to change my birth date. Mm. So I said, okay. <laughs> that's mm. that's why my my recovery date's in July rather than October. Is there still compulsion on the on the marijuana? Oh, definitely. Mm. Definitely, yeah. What uh, what triggers that for you? What the the more appropriate question would be what doesn't? Mm. Um, it's a day to day struggle. Yeah, um, I do live in chronic pain. I don't take the, the most I take for anything is aspirin now. Mm. Um, I have three degenerating discs in my neck. Is that from the accident? Uh, no, it's it was aggravated by the accident. Mm. Um, the accident that this happened years ago. So I mean, I there is a constant pain level that I that I live with and deal with. Um, a lot of people think I'm getting really irritated and angry when I stretch my neck, but it's just I'm trying to stretch my neck so it doesn't ache so much. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. Um, so, but that yeah, and when things get really heavy, the comp- I don't think about taking a drink. I definitely think that you know, sitting down. I would really, you know, it would numb me out. I wouldn't feel. I'd be okay. I'd be all cool. I'd be all mellow. And then I'm reminded that I would sit on my butt. I would get nothing done. I would stay away from everybody and everything. I absolutely. Except, well, I was, of course, food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We had a Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry and I had a, had a, had a, had a torrid affair a relationship. for a while. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. So, so how do you work through in your mind when these when these things hit you, these compulsions? Um, I'm reminded that I would lose the respect of my friends. I would lose my girlfriend. I would not be able to apply for the jobs that I get to apply for today. Um, I would lose. I would lose my self respect in that and. Of all the things that's most important, it would be my self-respect, mm-hmm. you know, because I do have a little bit of respect for myself. I do have a bit of integrity today. So that's what I would lose, and I don't want to lose that today. Patty P. is joining us tonight in hour number two, telling her story of recovery. It's a positive, positive story, which the bright side of addiction is indeed recovery, and there is no such thing as a hopeless alcoholic or addict. There is help and there is hope. Alcohol is running your life. You want help, but can't take time away from work to get it. Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. Sundown M Ranch outpatient programs have helped thousands recover from addiction without losing time on the job. Nationally recognized for innovative, effective, and affordable treatment programs, Sundown M Ranch will help you put your life back on track. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. I promise to hug my husband. I promise to eat a vegetable as big as my head. What promises have you made today? I promise not to paint the living room. American Family Insurance knows promises are easy to make. Until my wife picks out a color she likes. But they're not always easy to keep. At American Family... 
The commitments we make are commitments we intend to keep because our promises are the foundation of relationships we've built with generations of policyholders. I promise to take my dog for a walk. We promise to treat your family like our family and give you honest, straightforward answers. We promise. I like taking my dog for a walk. Visit AmFam.com to find an American family agent near you. American Family Insurance. All your protection under one roof. American Family Mutual Insurance Company and its subsidiaries. Home Office, Madison, Wisconsin. The Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies Distance Learning Training offers the required curriculum necessary to start working as a chemical dependency counselor. It's academically solid, provides learning experiences in various formats with an emphasis on treatment, prevention, counseling techniques, case management, and other related areas, offering basic knowledge and skills to be a successful chemical dependency counselor. Find out more about this NADAC-approved training. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. First, your child's heart rate and blood pressure will drop. Your child may experience nausea and want to sleep it off. Hopefully, your child will resist that urge and won't slip into a coma or die from this prescription painkiller overdose. Of course, kids who learn about the dangers of drugs from their parents are 40% less likely to abuse prescription drugs than those who don't. So talk to your child now, and there's a pretty good chance that this will never happen to your child. For more information, visit DrugFree.org. A message from Partnership for a Drug-Free Washington in America. Need professional-looking documents? Office Depot can help. From small jobs to bound presentations, bring in your document or submit it at OfficeDepot.com. We'll ship virtually anywhere. Plus, our work is backed by the Office Depot Satisfaction Guarantee. Office Depot, taking care of business. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. I'm Neil Scott, along with Brian Apker. Uh, and if you're interested in telling your story of experience, strength, and hope, or would like to suggest a guest for us, please send us an email at recoverycoasttocoast.net. And we welcome you back uh, tonight, and we remind you that uh, we are here every night, Monday through Friday. Very interesting, Patty, the story that you've told and, and the fact that you work as a cocktailer and a bouncer at a bar. It's like... It, a cocktailer? Uh, what the heck is that? Someone who served drinks. Oh, I've never is heard that, that term before, a cocktail. Uh, maybe I'm making it up. Okay. It might well. catch on well, when I start things <laughs> in this show. Well, it would be the act of cocktailing. Yeah. Yes. Who yeah. does cocktails. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Somebody who designs clothes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> to me, that that's astounding. And you said that it reminds you of how much you dislike the smell and, and how much you... I don't know if a lot of people could do that. I feel mm. that they'd be tempted by seeing other people having a good time, enjoying themselves out, doing the things maybe they used to do. What does your sponsor think about? Well, my sponsor thinks that if I'm comfortable doing it, okay. And Did you talk about I this? did. I did. I did talk to him about that before I started. Before I started. Actually, let me rephrase that. I talked to him after I started the job. Uh-huh. <laughs> like any good alcoholic, you know, I have of a really course. good idea. I'm going to start on it, and then I'm going to talk to you about it, okay? I've, achieved, I've already accomplished <laughs> this. So how did that exactly. discussion go? Um, my sponsor is pretty amazing in that he lets me make my own decisions. Um, he does not try to run my life. He basically tells me, you know, you're a big girl. 
you're going to make the decisions you need to make, you know. And most of the time, if it's not a very good decision and I'm calling and crying and whining to him, he says, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> so, you know, my sponsor, my sponsor is pretty right on the money. Um, How did you and your sponsor come to, to choose each other? Um, I had been going to a meeting. Um, it's, it's my home group. And there was this guy that I swear every time I went to the meeting, he talked about what was going on with me mm. or what was going on in my head at that time. And uh, finally, I just, you know, okay, this is obviously a God thing. God incident. You're supposed to be my sponsor. Will you be my sponsor? And he said, yeah. And, you know, he, if I don't call him every two weeks or so, he starts getting a little concerned. You know, I do talk to him on a weekly basis. Um, I do have a very, very full life now that I've gotten sober. Um, I, I have a I have a girlfriend and I have I work two jobs and I'm working on getting a real a grown up job, you know one. That, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, what I, I, I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up. Um, however, the job that I'm looking at right now is in the uh, is in a it, I would be an ad value reseller. So, um, ad value reseller. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, it would be it would be a, a technician position hmm. actually utilize. Oh, Using the degree that I uh, nice. that I earned, you know, very and, nice. Yeah, you know, it would be a lot of fun to actually, mm. you know, after four years, five years, to <laughs> do what I'm supposed to do. Um, I do play. I am a musician as well. I I get together with a, another person, and we're slowly working on a couple of projects. And do you do any recovery music at all? Um, what I just kind of play what. Okay. Feels right in my heart. Yeah, um, we're we're going to be doing some. Uh, we're going to do a show here either in December or January, mm -hmm. featuring musicians in recovery, d doing music in recovery. Uh, uh, there was a group years ago, and I'm not sure if they're still around, called the Monday Night Meeting, which is a great uh, name for a group. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, I think that was my home group. The Monday Night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, people who are creatively mm -hmm. doing music while uh, right. while in recovery. But what I'm hearing you say, Patty, is that this is recovery is about balance. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. If 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 I feel like I am in any way not right not right with myself, I take a step back today. You know, um, as far as working in the bar, yeah, I see all these people having a good time, and then I see the end result at two o'clock. Mm. You know, when I'm calling four or five cabs mm -hmm. in an evening, or I'm watching somebody argue their two hundred dollar bill. Mm. You know, well, we didn't drink that much. Yeah. Oh, couldn't have been us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's the reminders that I get because I was one of those, you know, even though I never held a very good paying job, I could always run up a $300 bill at the bar easy. In record time. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. You know, you got to have that really pretty drink to look really good. And and you have to be, you know, you have to be the big shot. And exactly. You have, to, you have to buy rounds, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you also said in addition to cocktailing, uh, <laughs> That you're a bouncer. Um, well, I work the door. I work the door at, at the same bar. Yeah. Um, check IDs, take uh -huh. their money. If people get randy, yes, I do ask them to leave and uh -huh. escort them out. Have you had some physical confrontations where you had to kick some booty? No. 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 They just realize that I'm a redhead. And yeah. Leave it at them. <laughs> they back um, off. Actually, actually, I've been very fortunate in the few confrontations that I've had. Um, my asking them to leave has been enough. Uh. You know, um, I grew up with violence. I grew up very angry, and it's not something that I enjoy. Mm. 
today. When I was younger, before I got sober, that was how I could feel, and it was okay to feel. Mm. And I've discovered there's other ways. How many meetings a week do you go to now? I hit a minimum of, well, I hit my home group every week. And then I try and hit at least two more in there. Mm. Um, like I said, my life is very busy, um, mm -hmm. especially through the weekends, because mm -hmm. I work Thursday through mm -hmm. Saturday 90% of the time. And generally, I work Sundays at my other job. Mm -hmm. So, um, But I do try and hit at least two meetings, maybe three if I can get it in. Um, if I can't catch a whole meeting, I will catch a partial meeting. Mm -hmm. So um, there's there's no excuse. And, you know, the whole – I hear people can apologize for walking into a meeting late. And I was told – I walked into a meeting. I This was – this was in – in the way back when I was when I was sober, I think I was two years sober into my five years, and I had apologized for be coming in late to a meeting. And there was this, you know, the crusty old fart that always sits in the back of the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. And I had apologized when I had been called. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I came in late. I don't want to. I don't want to share. And he piped up and he said, "There's no need to apologize. You're only late to your first meeting." Ah. So isn't you know, that nice? Yeah. There. You know. Isn't that nice? It is. It is. And that, that really, it gave me permission mm -hmm. to, oh, well, I'm late. I can't go to that meeting because it's already started. I can't pull that line anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and the other thing, too, and the, the, the beauty of living in the Puget Sound area, there are over 1,500 <laughs> yeah. meetings a week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you can't find a meeting, you're not looking. Uh, yeah. You know? Uh, exactly. But again, what you're saying is maybe two or three meetings a week for balance. Mm -hmm. You know, I've known some people who you know, weren't present for their family because they were out getting drunk all the time. Exactly. Then got sober and were not present for their family because Precisely. they were at AA meetings seven nights yep. a week. Uh, so, I mean, it, it again, it gets down to a question of balance mm -hmm. and, and, and growth in, in recovery. Absolutely. It gets better each day for you, I would assume. Yes, it does. What do you um, do on the bad days? Because, you know, on the stuff, bad days, and I clean that up, stuff happens. Oh, it does very yeah. much. Um, on the bad days, I get on the phone. I get on the phone. I have I have probably 50 names in my phone. And you're not, you're not hesitant to call Absolutely them? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have friends that I can call and talk to at any time, day or night. Um, and if that doesn't work, I there's a site online that I go into. It's a recovery site, and I go in there, and there's usually a meeting going on in there, and they will let you unload, and it's okay. You know, that's another thing that uh, is, is amazing, that in this day and age of technology, mm -hmm. you can go to online AA meetings. Absolutely. And there are a ton of them out there. How does that work? Well, you log on, you go into the chat room, you introduce yourself, and you, you, you type. I mean, you just you, you share Really? I'll give you the I'll give you the site. I, I would like to, I would like yeah. to know more about that. I'd yeah. like to know the effectiveness of that because it seems like human contact is a big part. Well, of I, I I think you know it it certainly should not be a substitution for face to face meetings because you you start being a recluse and you mm -hmm. start you know pulling away. But you know at three o'clock in the morning it's a pretty darn yeah. nice yeah. thing yeah, I to can have. See that. Absolutely, that makes some yeah. sense. All right, we're going to take one more time out. We'll come back and finish things up with Patty. Uh, it is uh, wonderful to have her I here in the program. And while we take a break, uh, she's going to turn Brian on to uh, uh, an online AA chat room. We'll come back right after this with more on Recovery Coast to Coast. Our email address, recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are here every night, Monday through Friday. 
These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and to cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. She has always been your baby. But when your daughter got into drugs and alcohol, she turned into a stranger. What do you do? Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized youth treatment program guides young people back to a life free of drugs and alcohol. All treatment is gender specific and directed by caring certified professionals in a safe environment. You can get your daughter back and get to know her again. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Your daughter's wasted again. You ignore it. You get help. Before long, she's been arrested. Before long, she's been promoted. You post bail. You congratulate her. And then her addiction really takes and off. And then her career really takes off. She stops in from time to time for money. She stops in from time to time for coffee. But then it's right back to the street. But then it's right back to the office. Years later, the police stop by. Years later, your daughter and son-in-law stop by. They've got bad news. They've got good news. She's gone. She's expecting. You cry. Choose to help a loved one struggling with drugs or alcohol. It could change everything. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Here is something to think about. Problem gambling is exactly that, a problem. Looking for a solution? Well, there is a way out. And there is help for you or someone you love who's caught in the web of problem gambling. Help is as close as your phone. Call the Washington State Problem Gambling Helpline, one 800 522 4700. For confidential help and free information, call a real winning number, 1-800-522-4700. They have the solution for problem gambling. Recovery Coast to Coast is a program feature of the nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. On the air, thanks to the generosity of our friends and listeners. Now, if you're enjoying Recovery Coast to Coast and would like to help us to continue to carry the message of hope and the promise of recovery, you can make a tax-deductible contribution to the Alliance for Recovery at P.O. Box 31451, Seattle, Washington, 98103. Thank you in advance for your support. And we are back. We have sent Brian off to an AA meeting, and we are back talking with Patty. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Rick just mentioned during the break that that would be a great topic for a first-hour discussion of online, not not just just AA meetings, but online resources for recovery. There's a ton of stuff out there. Yeah, and I'm going to get online, and I'm going to do some pretty thorough research. I want you to do 90 meetings in 90 days. (laughs) (laughs) Patty is joining us tonight talking about uh, about her recovery. Do you sponsor people as well? I do have a sponsee. I picked up my first sponsee this week. Really? First one? My first one, yes. What, tell me the, the thought process that went into that and, and how the selection came about. Um, actually, I was sitting outside of the uh, cafe that I work at talking with a friend of mine complaining about how restless, irritable, and discontent I was. 
and that I hate, you know, the whole I don't like my job, don't like blah, 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 don't like, don't like, don't like. And a young woman came up and said, Patty, I've been looking for you. Will you be my sponsor? And my first reaction was, of course, when you're feeling that whole is, I have nothing I can give you, honey. Mm. I, can, I can talk with you. You can call me anytime, but I can't sponsor you. And my friend looked at me, and she gave me the good old BS. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, remember what we were just talking about? You need to say yes. So that's how I got my first sponsee. Mm. And uh, my plan is that we're going to go through the book, and we're going to walk through. There's a, there's a couple of really good book studies out there, and that's where I need to get back into and uh, you know I'm constantly telling people that there is a difference between going to AA meetings mm-hmm. and working the program yeah a big big difference <laughs> so you're on your on the road to being a sponsor who has been the most important person to you in recovery that's a tough one because there have been a few yeah there have been a few there was uh, my very first sponsor in eastern Washington um, she uh, definitely put a boot where it needed to be mm-hmm. now and then. Um, Probably still have the print there. Absolutely, absolutely. And she actually didn't wear boots. She was she, hmm. high heels. Um, Ouch. More, yeah. more painful. Exactly. And there was a sponsor I had in Phoenix who was very much a big help in uh, mm-hmm. that popping noise mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happens as we yes. as we change. And... Uh, I, I actually lost touch with her, and it's, it's, she is a person that I sorely miss. Mm. She was absolutely a great influence in my life. And uh, you know, one of her favorite lines to me was she would ask me in her best Boston, did you bump your head? <laughs> so, you know, it, I think about that every now and then. Yeah. And those, those were the two most influential people yeah. to me. And uh, one day at a time, it continues to work for you. Absolutely. You read the literature. You read the big I book. I do. Twelve by twelve. I'm actually reading uh, Doctor Bob and the Good Old Timers right oh, now. Oh, that's great! Wow. Book. Yeah, yeah. Powerful, powerful book. Uh, and we think we've got it rough. Yeah. In, 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 <laughs> the, in the last minute or so that we have left, what do you say to somebody who's out there saying, "Well, I tried AA and it doesn't work for me"? Try it again. And again. And again. And again. And again. Keep going to meetings. You know, don't look for the differences. You know, all the cliches. Don't look for the differences. Look for the similarities. You know, keep coming back. You know, listen, hang out with an old timer. You know, you feel like you're not going to make it. Put yourself in the pocket of somebody and just hang out. You know, pick up that phone. Stick with the winners. Absolutely. Patty P., thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. Brian, thank you. And uh, thank thank Rick for manning the controls tonight. Good show. And, of course, we are here every night, Monday through Friday from 10 to midnight. We'll see you next time on Recovery Coast to Coast. Das Vidanier. You've been listening to Recovery Coast to Coast, a program feature of the Nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. Recovery Coast to Coast is heard nightly from 10 p.m. till midnight Pacific time, Monday through Friday, from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and heard nationally in streaming audio. For information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org, where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows, as well as find information on upcoming program. Please join us next time when we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. The bright side of addiction is recovery.